everyone. I'm B, And I'm Kate. And we're your hosts for On the Inside. The podcast. The podcast. The podcast. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome back to On the Inside. I'm here with Kate. Hey, everyone. We are lucky enough to be sitting down with, from afar, actually completely remotely with Diana Allegre. She is from San Francisco and she is going to speak about her life here working um, in the medical industry and also what her coming months might look like in terms of grad school. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for the amazing introduction. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for being so patient with all the technical difficulties we've dealt with (laughs) in making this happen. So thank you for having me. I feel like I'm a complete technical difficulty on the regular, especially given like these times. So we're just so happy to have you with us. (laughs) I'm glad to be here. Thank you. I'm glad we're still able to sit down together. Definitely. So Diana, what has the pandemic been like so far for you? Um, Many things, honestly. Uh, I mean, like at work, it's it's been really weird to say the least because the, I work at Kaiser in Daly City in Hickey Boulevard, and it's a medical office, outpatient service, so there's no emergency um, services there. But um, we still do see patients who need to see their doctors in person. Um, but it's kind of really deserted for the most part. Um, one of my, the program I work for is a medical weight management clinic and we're still up and running. Our classes are still virtual. We're still doing, um, so it's a meal replacement product, uh, nutrition based program for weight loss because a lot of our patients are trying to lose weight due to obesity and having to, Um, take medications for treatments and also for surgery. And so because they're medically monitored, they need to still come in to get their food from us and um, to see our LVNs and our nurses and our doctors. Um, But for the most part, because the classes are virtual, we kind of do like this drive-through service where we give them their stuff at the front entrance of the facility because you can't really go in to Kaiser unless you have an appointment or that you are an employee. And it's just been really wild. Um, A lot of our operations have been altered to meet the needs of our patients, but also to make sure that they're safe and that we are safe ourselves. Um, But yeah, it just feels, I feel like right now, uh, the past couple of weeks, it's been a little more manageable. So we've slowed down a bit with trying to figure out what to do. But like the past two months, we were all scrambling on what to do and kind of just scared about what's to come. But now that we've been able to kind of manage that and understand what we need to do in order to meet um, the needs of our community and our own uh, and keeping business and keeping safe, um, it's been a little better. Uh, but I'm sure if we talked like two weeks ago, I wouldn't be able to say that. Um yeah, <laughs> personally, um, my, so my mom is a patient care assistant at UCSF in the medical center at Parnassus, and so she sees patients directly, and um, she knows that there are also patients um, with COVID and who are being treated and are being managed. So at home, it's been a little 
been a little interesting. Um, we have like a, a little setup where my mom and I room together and then everybody else rooms also like is not with us just because I have a diabetic father and then an asthmatic sister. So we're trying to keep their exposure as minimized as possible from us. And um, it's been really interesting having dinners and talking to one another through FaceTime when we're all in the same house. Um, yeah. And aside from that, I'm also looking forward to grad school at UCSF. And um, it's been weird because everybody's just kind of on hold with their process and going on into their next journeys, my next journey and getting into my dream school. And um, we've all just been playing it by ear pretty much. And how are we going to get through class together? It's a master's of entry level in nursing. So into becoming a nurse practitioner. And so our cohort, I think, I believe is 80. Um, there's 80 of us with like 15 specialties. And we are all on hold with what's next. But we're supposed to start in July. So we'll see how clinicals go, how virtual classes go, in-person classes. So there's just been a lot on my mind. But trying to manage it all at once sounds like it yeah i imagine like there's so many people who are supposed to start grad school i have a friend who's supposed to start med school here in portland and i imagine it's just like so many unknowns and just Mm -hmm. a lot of medical things are obviously hands-on so it's like how do you start those programs Right, right. And the fact that we're going to be paying for this with a bunch of money Um, and in sacrificing a lot of that for myself and investing in myself, I just, a lot of us are kind of second guessing that because like, is it still worth to do this if it's going to be half virtual work when it's a medical program that needs hands-on experiences and teaching and learning so it's going to be really interesting how they facilitate that because there's 80 of us for the same program in the same program um trying to move on to different things so it's gonna i haven't heard much but the most things we have done so far is our health clearances which have been backed up because the labs aren't you know allowing people to come in just anytime so our deadlines have been pushed back um a lot of uh wait for an update next week or sorry i didn't give you an update this week there's another one coming in two weeks so it's a lot of playing by ear a lot of anxiety (laughs) a lot of um uncertainty and it's you know like even without a pandemic a lot of uncertainty is already scary on its own so we're all trying to navigate this from different parts of the world and different parts of the country so a lot of my colleagues who I've made um connections with from like orientation I mean excuse me from interview day and uh they are supposed to be leaving their homes to come here from like New York or from even out of the country and they were like, I don't even know if I should still go to school. Like, so it's it's a it's a lot <laughs> to handle. And um, my family was really um, excited to actually also throw me a welcoming or sorry, a sending off party to go to grad school because um, it's the first time I'm also leaving home and I just haven't seen my family in forever. So I've missed like three birthdays and coming from a Filipino party, we throw lots of parties even mm-hmm. for a first, um, a one-year-old. And um, I haven't been able to see my cousins. I have like 20 of them. We usually see each other all the time. 
for family gatherings and now we don't i it's really weird so um it's kind of lonely because most of the time i go to work and then i see my colleagues and then i see my partner and then i go home to check in with my family and um before i leave for grad school i'm trying to spend as much time as i can with them um having lived with them all my life growing up here in San Francisco going through undergrad and everything so it's a lot for my for my mother to kind of let me go as her first child so and the first grandchild of the whole family so it's um it's uh it's a little lonely because <laughs> i'm trying to figure it out all on my own right now and i'm used to having my community yeah yeah that has to be super hard i also just think it's college for like anyone at any level right now it just feels so unknown and like I can also imagine people who are first year either in their bachelor's or grad or like should I do this like mm-hmm. so many people don't thrive in online schooling environments they're just a lot right. more difficult for most people so I'm one of those yes I can yeah. definitely attest to that I almost like failed this um this course in undergrad like a general ed class and like everybody had to take it and it was online and i never really thrived in that environment i like to be inside a classroom filled with people participants where i can ask questions and discuss and um i can't really do that online i can't wait for an email to shoot back to me a day later when it's when it's something important to me uh, my learning is definitely hands on visual classroom style so my which is um also interesting because my one of my siblings from san jose state um he's a third year and he had to come back home and cancel his housing and everything in the middle of all this oh in march so then um he has been doing online work here back at home it's um at san francisco and it's terrible <laughs> he um he hates every second of it because he's like I, I hate these courses like it's so long it doesn't it's just it doesn't work for him yeah. he likes asking questions in person and the assignments are not clear and vi- so it's and he was taking his finals um just like 2 days ago and he was like why is this quiz not working so um there's a lot of technical difficulties on their end as well and it gives him a lot of anxiety like i think he's like at the point of breaking down <laughs> but he's almost done so he's just looking forward to summer and uh i think for san jose state though unfortunately they've um they've broadcasted that they're going to be online for all of fall next semester which is unfortunate so my brother doesn't know if he still should accept his housing opportunity there or if he should just stay here mm-hmm. but yeah um yeah it's it sucks it sucks for sure yeah i've been doing schooling online too and it's just like i'm taking a class i'm going to school to become a teacher so i'm taking a class Mm -hmm. that is literally about like teaching kids math and Mm -hmm. it's like the second of that course so it's like super hands-on and weird but like Mm -hmm. we're doing it online and then when you have to work with a group for something you have to somehow get your schedules together and like it's just yeah it's yeah like a such a great student and this is like (laughs) i've never fallen behind before in school and now i'm like falling behind some right i just had to do like hours of homework today to catch up no that's what my brother does too he's like i just did like two weeks worth of work and four hours i haven't slept and i'm like that 
I can't do that. I can't imagine myself doing that for a nursing program, uh, an accelerated one at that. And I, I commend you for being able to. I just don't know how it would pan out. Um, my pat, my partner is actually a math teacher, and so he's had to do everything online, one-on-one with parents and students. Um, he loves it. He was like, I can do this for a career. I didn't know this could be so easy. <laughs> so he he's kind of an anomaly in the whole world pandemic. He, um, he works with middle school kids, and um, he teaches math, and so he he's loved it. Uh, way more than he did teaching in person. I mean, he loves teaching in person too, for sure. But I mean, the group setting is just better there. But one-on-one, especially for the students, he wasn't able to focus as much as he wanted to in person. He's able to do now and also involve their parents in there. So I think that's really beautiful. I think that's really cool. He's able to work that to his advantage. But um, I'm sure a lot of other teachers have not and yeah. a lot of his college um i mean his colleagues themselves have said the same thing that they were like i can't do this i have kids and i can't take care of them and take care of kids at school so um i guess that is a plus that um he and i don't have kids so <laughs> he's just worrying about himself and i'm just worrying about myself at work yeah well also, there's this universal thing of everyone trying to figure it out, whatever they have to figure out. Like, mm-hmm. you are trying to figure out school and work and, like, what's going to be like to be a student. But, but if you're lucky enough to have a job, which I still have a job, thank, thank mm-hmm. the universe. We're mm-hmm. still doing, or, you know, doing the critical work that we've done for the last decade. But work for us is also weird, too. Like, I never thought I'd say I miss in-person meetings. <laughs> I miss in-person meetings. Like, I used to be like, why do I have to go to 10 in-person meetings, right? Whatever yeah. it be. I have students, I'm, you know, with other staff members, with my team. And now I'm like, I'm never fucking complaining about an in-person <laughs> meeting again. Yeah, yeah. You definitely see um, which meetings you thought could have been emails. And now you're like, okay, this could definitely be an, a discussion in person with other people Um, because I I do miss that um, one-on-one facing with people Um, at work we also have um, zoom meetings um, webex calls um, and it's so much um, it's so much more to keep track of than actually seeing people for a certain amount of time like of the day like I remember just having schedules like okay from like 10 to 11 I meet with this person or like with this group and now I have to realize like okay they may be moving it to another day I mean to another time of the day because of technical difficulties and just like scrambling around while I have projects going on so it's it's really interesting I I haven't really gotten it down yet. And then there are trainings now on how to do everything online. And so that piles up into what we do. But, um, I mean, it keeps you busy. But at the same time, I just worry, like, do we have to do this now, like, for two more years? And I get it. Like, it will take that long. Um, A lot of premature opening and, you know, like, and lifting our shelter-in-place orders like that, it scares me that people take that lightly that people think like that's okay because being in the medical field I know that in half a year's time we are going to be so packed with people coming in you know like wanting to get tested wanting to get wanting to get resources um, making sure that everyone's healthy and safe and that's it's just dangerous to play with such an early timeline to be able to do that um, to open everything up again 
And at the same time with the program I help run for the weight clinic, it actually kind of works out because we've never done virtual for it. Usually we have weekly facilitations with our patients who, um, who learn new behaviors, behavioral health for, um, for promoting their health in uh, losing weight in terms of like physical exercise and, um, and taking care of their mental health and overall health and what a healthy meal looks like. So they have a facilitator and a health coach to walk through them in different topics every week in person. So they all discuss how their week went and everything. But we've never really touched the virtual world in being able to do that. So now my director is really happy that we can do this even with people who are moving places, who are moving. I know I have one one member who's going to be moving to L.A. and she's still able to do the classes because it's online. So there's that. Um, there's that positive side of it and connecting with folks like even virtually um, who usually would have to do that in person. But um it's also hard because some people who need the in-person connection can't really navigate virtual settings. Like we have a lot of elderly um, patients who can't really understand how to use our WebEx systems or, you know, like in order to do IT support, like in even calling IT support. So it's just, and then, so we're going to, we're having to back them up through that process. And it's just a lot of uh, moving parts and understanding what that's like for the next half year for even the rest of the year because a lot of our patients also didn't pay for you know for being in a program that's virtual they've known this program to work for years for people who have been coming in in person so yeah it's going to be really interesting I'm curious, you have at least you and your mother essential workers. Are there any other essential workers in your house? Uh, um, no, because, well, I have a lot of um, relatives who are retired as well. But no, only my mother and I are regularly working right now at, at my house because my brother had to come home from college. My other brother went to go live um, with his friends, actually, because they... Uh, it's a really weird situation. They're taking care of another person's house because that person's family can't come back here because they're, um, they're in Bangladesh. And so my brother has been um, taking care of the home for them for, for a bit. So he's in isolation. He's like safe and everything. He's cool. He's doing his online work there. So he has a, he has a safe place to be able to do his work, but he's also not working because the campus closed and, um, yeah, so <laughs> only myself, yeah, only myself and my mother are working and, um, I have aunts who are also nurses and then I have another, I have a cousin who's a radiology technician who recently had a baby who is my goddaughter and I can't even see them. <laughs> she can't even hold her child. So yeah. it's really sad. Um, yeah, so her husband, like, takes care of the baby until she's all clear. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more what it's like, or both of us, tell us a little bit more what it's like to be in your multi-generational home and then not be able to interact in the same way that you've yeah. always had. Like, I know, like, family dinners have always been big and family gatherings mm -hmm. and, you know, um, a lot of fa family time. Um, mm -hmm. multiple generations because you have a multi-generational home that you live in so yeah curious paint that picture for us of like how you've been able to navigate it and like what what has that looked like for you 
Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I grew up in this home ever since I migrated here from the Philippines, and I've lived with my parents, with my siblings, my grandparents who raised me, and some aunts. So we've split the home quite evenly. But um, even through that, this home, my grandpa's home, has been the epicenter for all the cousins to come by because then we're all in San Francisco. So everyone drives over for parties every weekend or even just like a barbecue. Um, cause my grandpa's also a chef and he would cook for everyone and he still does. And he's raised all of us. And, you know, we would eat together, watch shows together, um, just hang out and talk about our days and, you know, talk about our relatives back in the Philippines and, just memories like we really just do that on a regular basis and now um ever since um early march like we haven't been able to we have um every time i come home i can't really touch anyone or see anyone unless i have like cleaned myself like desanitized um sanitized everything my mom and i have this um process where we have this like little cabinet um, we enter through the garage and then we and we have this cabinet where we have like disinfecting stuff to um, clean all of our belongings from being in two different hospitals all day long. And we clean that before we enter the actual house. And um, we make sure we wash our hands before seeing anyone and before saying hi to anybody. And everyone has their masks on whenever they're around us because they don't want um, they don't really want anything, the possibility of exposure from us from being in our work environments. So that's been weird. Um, (laughs) uh, But it's weird that it's also become a norm. Like we're used to it now. I used to be so offended before I was like, what? Like I'm fine, you know? (laughs) But I understand it. Like I definitely want my family and my relatives to be safe, but we definitely also have not been connecting in that way. We've been texting each other a lot. We have our family messenger group chats. Um, We send each other memes there. Um, my cousins have texted me like, remember when we used to do this? <laughs> like, remember when we had groups together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah. like, remember when this party happened? Yeah, that was last month. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've just been a little um, divided and like physically. Um, yeah. And so our birthdays, like we would just blow a candle and FaceTime. Um, my mom turned 45 last month, and she wasn't really able to celebrate that with everyone um, when we used to really just cook and then deliver food. So we ended up just having our own little family thing. And then this past Mother's Day, I usually see all of my aunts together. Um, we always have a big meal together, but um, that didn't happen. So I ended up um, delivering flowers to each and one of them. Actually, I surprised them. They were like, Oh my God, this is so cute. Um, they weren't really expecting anything because we hadn't had any gatherings. And so I was like, you know what? I'll I'll even just leave it at your door. So just so you don't, just so you feel safe. But, um, so it's turned to that. (laughs) Like I'm just delivering flowers to be able to connect with my aunts and, uh, to see them even Mm -hmm. like through their windows. So, are your other family members in your household going out much? Are they grocery shopping or are you and your mom doing most of the outside stuff? Yeah, it's usually myself or my mom because um, we have a membership perk at Costco. <laughs> we just go there and 
we don't really go anywhere else because there we can kind of um, have our own healthcare worker line and just show our badges and get in and get out because we don't have, we don't really have all the time in the world to be able to go in line. And then sometimes I also buy for my, uh, my relatives who can't leave the house. My grandfather's 72 and so he's not able to just go outside um ever since this the lockdown happened he has not left the house so everything that he's needed to do um he hasn't been able to like he usually goes on his runs um every day he visits my grandmother um uh in her uh, in this uh in the cemetery and so he's not able to go there because they closed down as well for public gatherings um so yeah it's been tough like um nobody else leaves the house unless they go for groceries and my mom and I don't really have the same schedule as everyone else we're both out the whole day and then we come home at night and then everyone's already asleep or um having dinner or in their own spaces so yeah it's just been it's just been tough um I when I go to Target, I, I mean, I definitely have to go in line, and everything is always gone. Um, I'm not able to eat in my favorite restaurants, which is the saddest part of this whole thing. So when I'm hungry after work, I'm like, okay, I can go to that place. No, I know I can't. So that's uh, I've been having to cook a lot lately. Yeah, which is like rough after, especially for people who are still working after a long day. Like having to cook every single day is just like. <laughs> Oh, my God, every meal. Yeah. Yeah. When you were talking, it's interesting because I'm not with my family in a home. And I feel Mm -hmm. so, like, there's ways I wish I could connect with them, right? And what you're Mm -hmm. describing is, like, you're in a home with your family and you still are creating because you want to protect them, Mm -hmm. um, creating these boundaries and spaces so it just mm-hmm. struck me I'm like wow like you all are still in the same house and still have had to make some huge changes mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah everything has to be cleaned <laughs> as soon as somebody touches it yeah it's been um for a while it was a little tense because we're like oh my god don't touch anything don't share food or whatever don't breathe each other's air don't go too close <laughs> um but now it's been a little more relaxed. We're, like I said earlier, we're, it's a lot more normalized for us to be acting this way now. So it's not too tense. We kind of laugh about it now where we're like, okay, you stay over there. Make sure you're six feet away. Um, but, you know, when we are in an enclosed space, like, you know, like the bathroom or something, like passing by the hallway, <laughs> like, I mean, we have to live through that. We share the same home. So it'll be interesting to see how I'm able to connect with them when I do live out on my own for grad school because I signed my lease to move in to June 1st and I thought it was way premature for my program start date. So I got it moved to mid-June just so I can also adjust to this whole thing because I have to move everything from my family's home to like my new home for the next year or two and I know my mom is really sad about that because all her kids are like moving out but at the same time like I think it would be for the best um in order for me to stay safe out on my own space and for my family to stay to stay safe and to just kind of go on my own adventure and I'm excited to see that I know that before I started my um, my graduate program my 
director said that we needed to take the last three months before the start um, to say goodbye to our friends or family because we won't see them, but um, or to travel around. But with all the shelter in place orders, like it's been weird, you know, like so people have been stuck at home, not being able to see who they want to see, go to places where they want to go. So the most I go is the park is to see, you know, the sunlight. My partner's out of town in his hometown where there's like a forest and their own property, but he wasn't able to do that here in the city. And so the most I can do is go to a park or go to a beach in my car and not not go out to see people. But um, people still do it though. Like um, just today I, I was at a, I was picking up, um, a drink from Phil's and people are just gathering in the parking lot. No masks, no social distance practices, and it was just terrible. Yeah. And I a lot know. of people are being super inconsiderate of others. Mm-hmm. It's like they're probably thinking, oh, I'm fine, I'm young, or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it's not really about you. Like, mm-hmm. there's people who you may come in contact with who have people at home, they're, you know, that are more susceptible and Mm -hmm. so I think it's wild to see all these people still just going out and like yeah going in groups and meeting up in groups at parks and at the beach yes and and I'm just like are you guys insane or just like grocery stores people not even trying to keep social distance not wearing a mask oh yeah I'm like, like at the bare minimum, you could at least wear a mask at the store Mm -hmm. like that's probably Mm -hmm. most people's highest place of exposure right now that aren't going to work so it's Mm -hmm. like if we could all just I know there's some places where they made masks like um mandatory uh but in in the stores in Oregon they're not mandatory they're just recommended in stores oh so when I go to the store about half I would say like half the people have a mask on and half don't all the workers wow. do. Everywhere you go, all our workers have masks, and they also usually have, like, a screen of some sort up in front of them, like a, mm-hmm. like a clear plate thing. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's so many people still walking around with no mask, and I'm just like, you guys are some level of insane or, like, right. this is some type of myth or something. Well, there's also, like, a group of people or a bunch of people who think that this is not that big of a deal. And I think that's really scary because, you know, I mean, there's a lot of propaganda in media that show them that. That, like, okay, well, like, this isn't that big of a deal. We should just open everything up again. So um, I think a lot of people think that, you know, there are a lot of these gray areas you can play with and then capitalize on that. Like, I know I have some friends who still throw parties and I'm like, how can you do this? How, why are you doing this? Like, I called them out on it. And they're like, I know, but it was like their birthday and there were like less than 10 of us. And I'm like, that does not matter. Please stop. If you're all yeah, especially from no. different households that think about And you're posting it on your story. Yeah. Right. So then I was just like, um, I love you, dude, but like at the same time, this is ridiculous. You can't do that. Like you're showing everyone that it's okay with you. So then what who's to stop someone else saying thinking the same thing? Like, oh I can do that too. I'm fine. I feel good. You know, nobody else around me is exposed or feeling like they have symptoms, but well, it's like you're yeah, so that, you like, don't have ridiculous. symptoms. Like, how many times do they mm-hmm. have to tell us not everyone's going to have symptoms for people to right. understand that you could still be a carrier and feel Yeah, 
you, exactly. you all, this is because people don't like being comfortable. This is because we have a culture that does not ever care about the collective. Yeah. This is because Absolutely. we live in a capitalist society. Like, this is fucking uncomfortable. It mm-hmm. should be uncomfortable. We should mm-hmm. be learning big things. All yeah. our things are already broken. Guess what? <laughs> They're broke. <laughs> Yeah, I have a friend who told me, I'm stuck with my thoughts. What do I do? I'm like, you, oh my God. you reflect. <laughs> you reflect. Yeah, reflect. You know? Maybe this is the time to work through those thoughts. Reflect yeah, honestly. Like when I was, um, uh, I mean, now, so before this whole thing, um, I mean, like before I interview with the whole like charade of trying to get on because um, with uh, my difficulty in doing it was because I had to talk to my doctor with some symptoms I've been having with um, with my breathing. And I usually get this when I have really bad allergies. So I'm fine. I like I don't feel anything um, else. But um, she said, you know, like just to be safe, um, I want to test you because you're a healthcare worker. And I'm like, yeah, totally. And um, I'll self isolate. And I was thinking to myself, like, wow, this is the first time I'm participating in the shelter in place order. And I'm kind of scared because I've been so busy. And now I get why people are saying that. But at the same time, I'm like, I fucking need this. Like, I need to reflect on where my life is going soon. I can't go to work for like a few days anyway until my results will be back. So, like, I, before this call, too, I had that, like, kind of, like, pang and slap in my face of, like, you know, this is real. Like, you know, I've been working so much to go through the pandemic, but I haven't really been a part of, like, being in quarantine. So, uh, it'll be really... Well, it'll be uh, really deep. <laughs> yeah. yeah Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's really I, weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the most quarantine activities I've done is because, like, I haven't been going to dinners, like, with my friends or, you know, like, seeing them, seeing my family or, like, being able to go out to bars, getting a drink if I need to. So my partner and I have been super, like, creative with cooking. I'm glad he can cook. Um, and I make drinks. So... Yeah, like, that's the most quarantine I've done, like, staying home and not being able to go to a park and go to a gym and, like, doing all those fun things, like, going on a hike. And it just feels weird to be able to, you know, take advantage of the space even if people aren't outside. Like, my partner and I feel, like, weird even trying to go to the park nearby because we see kids going there. Like, they probably need that playground, you know, just to move around. So I'm not going to go there. But um, now I really do need to sit to myself and my thoughts and probably have a, like a couple of mental breakdowns um, to think about grad school and what that's going to entail. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really been forced to think about it as much. So kind of just been like on the go ever since this whole thing started. Yeah. I bet it's been nice to be busy because I've been <laughs> like the opposite of busy. I mean, mine is online school, but that I just like, Ugh, I can't even like think about so I just feel like trying to fill my time yeah and not how is Netflix that? all day oh <laughs> which I've been like decently yeah. good at me and Kate actually just FaceTime a lot like especially towards yeah. the beginning we were FaceTiming like hours just <laughs> I, was, I, I was by myself then for two and a half weeks so. yeah so we were just filling so, the so, time so. with FaceTime yeah. oh my god um and I still do a lot of that um, yeah, I've been trying to schedule FaceTime dates with my friends. 
it used to be dinner dates. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Just last night, I had one of my friends um, have a birthday, and I was still at work. But um, we had a Zoom call for like our my pre my former dance friends, and there were like twenty of us on that call, and we played Quip Flash from on what Jackbox or something, and it was my first time doing that, and it was really fun. And they were like, "Yeah, we'd been doing this like for three months, like with." other people because this is all we have is connecting through zoom and dance classes through zoom so i've been doing that too and taking dance classes through zoom i had never thought i would ever do that yeah because it's just unheard of <laughs> but um, a lot of dancers and artists are doing that and it's really nice it's beautiful like people are able to take classes from all over the world when they couldn't have before mm -hmm. so I it's gonna be interesting I'm pretty social, um, as I think you both know, even though I need alone time. Um, mm -hmm. But a weird thing has started happening where, like, I'm exhausted from talking to the screens. Oh, like, no. a thing, because I, so much of my work is doing Zoom meetings. Mm. And also, like, um, phone calls and, and like, a lot of talking. And there's something about the screen that feels actually more exhausting than being in person. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah, I couldn't agree with that. Yeah, I need some downtime. But what I really love is my ass doesn't have to commute anywhere. So <laughs> I literally, I have a bad sleep. I wake up at 9.29 and, like, start logging onto the computer <laughs> while making coffee, right? That um, must be nice. Which is, that's, oh. that, let me tell you, that's nice. Or, like, if I wake up early and I want to have my own time, I'm like, I can yoga, I can read, I can reflect. Yeah. And so like yeah. that, that cushion in the beginning of the day, at the end of the day has actually been really special for me where nice. I don't have to get anywhere. Um, yeah. And then there's days where I'm like, where I wish I could get somewhere. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's nice. Well, see, I haven't been able to experience that. And so I think, my next uh, few days will be like that. But even though I have been working a lot, I have been sleeping late because I get home like with my mom really late at night and then I just feel so awake somehow, um, even though I need to wake up like in four or five hours. But it's just weird. Like I wake up very early in the morning, but then I feel like everyone is awake in the house because they, have, they haven't been doing anything all day. So they've been doing maybe like schoolwork online and then they're still watching TV or I could hear people <laughs> people alive. Um, even my neighbors like still watching TV and stuff and talking in their backyard. So I, most nights I feel awake. Like I sleep at like 1 a.m. or sometimes 2. And I'm like, is this my new normal? Like I can't, I can't really do that in grad school. <laughs> so I don't know if everyone's sleeping schedule has also been really oh, out of whack my sleeping oh. schedule we have <laughs> mine has been super weird recently um <laughs> i've reverted back to old times where people used to sleep in two different like shifts where you would like sleep for four hours people used to sleep <sighs> and then wake up for like one to three hours and then they would go back to sleep and i've oh been my doing gosh. that yeah i don't know it just started happening to me and my mom, like, sent me articles on that after I was telling her about it. And then I was like, oh, so this isn't that weird. But <laughs> I'm still tired. <laughs> like, oh, um, that's, but, that's nice, though. Yeah. Intermittent sleeping. Like, yeah. 
pretty much. So I just have like weird activity time in the middle of the night now, mm-hmm. which has been like weird. At one point, there was one like morning, it was at like kind of sun, it was like 5.30 and I was up and I was just like not going to sleep anytime soon. So I like, yeah, the river is close to my house. So I like walked down there, which was nice because mm-hmm. like, I haven't gone down to the river and the park that's there because I just assume there's people going there and I've heard mm-hmm. people are going there. And so I'm like, I'm not even going to try when it's nice out during the day. So it was like the first time I got to go down there. And it was like mm-hmm. so peaceful. And I was like, I wish oh. I could come down here every day. Nice. There you go. At 530. <laughs> yeah. Apparently I just have to wake up at 530 every morning. but Because <laughs> everyone else is asleep. That's yeah. probably why. <laughs> or probably everyone's trying to go to sleep at that time. Right. Because I know that some of my, yeah, my siblings, my brothers also text me. One in my home and one like outside of our home like saying I'm still awake like I'm still watching TV do you have a new Netflix recommendation like what do I do next (laughs) I don't know yeah go to sleep it's so hard to like I feel like have a sleep schedule when you have no Mm -hmm. usual life schedule like kind of like a workout schedule too I yeah it's been so off for me like I used to go to the gym um consistently and now that that's gone I I'm like I'll do it later or you know tomorrow and it's hasn't been it hasn't been the most consistent thing, and I'm really sad about it. Yeah, Kate's been consistent with that. Probably the most I know person in the world. <laughs> she runs every day. I don't know how you do that. Well, almost every day. I took I, I you know I take rest days. You I'm at, run nine right, yes. I'm at forty forty four is my next run. I think forty four oh. days. I started I started the Saturday before the uh, stay-at-home orders so there's been like there's sometimes i'll take two days off in a row or one day um but yes there has been consistency mostly because i need endorphins yeah yeah um but also i'm realizing it's my thing to do right like Mm -hmm. it's a ritual now um i've never in my life ever shared um as much on social media it was I was doing a before and after and just doing recordings and I wanted to pull that together after this is all done. And then I just was playing around with it. And actually I talked to Bridget. I'm like, I think I'm or be, and I'm going to share this and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Then I've just been intrigued by people writing me like people who have trained me at my exercise studio, salt, shout out to salt, have (laughs) how I run. Yeah. I've had people who never ran before asking advice. I have people yeah. who are avid runners asking me advice. I have people just saying, I'm cheering you on. And I yes. just realize that, like, my sociological experiment of seeing what would happen if I ran as much as I could as we as we are, like, in this time would really mm-hmm. connect me with people, right? Um, and I try my best. I don't do multiple videos. So that's why, why they're so, so real. Um, um, I've cried on video, um, on a day I was having a hard day and I had to call, um, the police to help someone who is a harm to themselves and others. And I cried on video and I did it because I almost didn't do the video because I was like, I shouldn't do it. And I'm like, whoa, 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 Kate, you're editing. Just do the video. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, I think that's the one piece of how do I still make it real and not contrived and right. keep that core happening. Um, 
so yeah so now i have like so now i have an accountability because there's people watching me run i know i see you run and i'm like wow i just don't i don't know how you do this but you really do and it is inspiring because then sometimes i look at them and i'm like maybe i should go back to the lake you know and then i and then i have my ankle injuries i'm like no you're making excuses for yourself and then i try it i'm like okay you're in pain next time i'm thinking about kate for sure but yeah like things like that and when i have friends who are dancing all the time recording themselves um still doing ballet classes online it's like it's so beautiful they are still able to move um as much as they can trying to make the most of it even though it's not ideal because usually dancers thrive in a studio space where there's way more space than a 10 by 10 room or like even smaller than that in a kitchen or something so yeah it's been nice to see people get really creative with um movement and physical activity and i have a lot of friends who are revisiting old hobbies like painting music um arts and crafts um cooking even learning how to cook it's really cute i like it i like seeing everyone's um kind of like update on on life yeah i bought a keyboard piano (laughs) while in quarantine uh because i used to play when i was like little um Mm -hmm. and i've always wanted to relearn as an adult and so i was like i guess this is the time um (laughs) and i mean how's that going i you know i i can't play anything yet um, <laughs> I need to like be more devoted to like actually practice it daily even if I do 30 minutes you know a day yeah um yeah. but yeah I mean I've done a little bit just trying to relearn like chords and like you know the basics but yeah yeah it's um, nice I'm sure I have some type of muscle memory happening that will get me there I just have to put mm-hmm. more time into it but it's still that reminds cool. me of my guitar. I bought new strings. I still haven't touched it because I haven't touched my guitar Ooh, in, I, like, three years. I've lost all my calluses. Like, I don't know if I still know chords So, and plucking patterns. So um, I'm on you. I'm on your on the same boat on you on that one. Yeah. I think with music, there's so much muscle memory, though, that yeah. there's a lot that will come back once you start playing again. I hope because when I tried to play a song i was like what comes after that <laughs> i just gave up <laughs> i just gave up i was like i'm putting this away <laughs> i can't do it and my fingers hurt i was like oh my god this yeah, is why see, I, I shouldn't have do, ever stopped i could not do like a guitar or or ukulele because i don't know i cannot do the finger the plucking i'm like this hurts my fingers yeah. i don't even want to do this well yeah because it used to be such a passion of mine um and then uh, and I also used to dedicate it to my grandmother who passed away like six, seven years ago. And I hadn't played it since then just because like my connection with her was kind of lost. But, you know, like little by little, like events were happening and my family was always asking me to play and perform. But um, I got so busy with school, with working and now grad school. I think I'm going to pick it up again just because of quarantine. I really need to put those strings back on and yeah my strings are like super rusty and I'm like oh my god why why did I let it come this far (laughs) so you know so sometimes I just don't want to touch it because like it gets stains on your hands and uh, yeah so I would um I would understand the piano as well (laughs) 
Well, I feel like it's a perfect time to pick it up and like you and every, like so many people collectively are picking up things that they used to have a relationship with. Like Mm -hmm. if it's running shoes or instruments or paint or cooking or whatever it may be. And then there's also people trying to learn new things. So it's, Mm -hmm. it is kind of like this interesting dichotomy. Um, yeah. But as soon as you said the guitar, I said, ooh, because I was like, ooh, she's going to start playing in the next few days. That's uh, I just knew where you were going to go. I'm like, now that you have the time and you've been taking care of all these people on the outside, now you get some yeah. good inside time. Um, very true. Very true. That's very true. <laughs> I haven't really thought of it that way. Wow. Um, I've just been like on this alert all this time um now that i'm forced to stay inside um it's a different feeling it's a different like perspective and yeah no definitely i i am gonna pick it up i promise you that tonight i will i'll send you a photo be like hey i'm picking this up and definitely no pressure no pressure you don't have to put a story you don't have to do it before and after Well, I now have accountability in this podcast. I'm going to stick to it. But I do, I think I do need it because um, I've been finding like clips of like old videos from like memories. You know how like Instagram does those things of like me being able to play the guitar back then. And I was like, wow, those days were really nice. Um, Being able to play music with my cousins. Like I used to do covers with them and like do jam sessions. Like those days are now gone pretty much because all my cousins have grown up and they're all like scattered all over the place and they themselves don't play the ukulele anymore or the guitar anymore. Um, My brother, one of my brothers is a great pianist and he just um, bought his own um, uh, keyboard like maybe like a couple months ago, but he hadn't touched it in so long because he was just like, you know, he was just really depressed about this whole thing. And um, just, I think the other day, he um he was exploring again and um i mean he still plays really well but um when you're not in that mindset and that you know and your heart isn't in it it just doesn't feel like he can play that well so i'm sure i'm sure he'll get back to it too and we'll do like a zoom or like a facetime cover together (laughs) based on quarantine write a song about it or something (laughs) we can play it here if it comes to Yes, yes, it'll take time, absolutely. I mean, this quarantine lifeline is definitely going to be a long time, so, yeah, yeah I've been having a lot, a lot of, of honest... Don't realize mm-hmm. how long it is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been having a lot of honest conversations with friends about how long it's going to be, because mm-hmm. then, you know, like, a lot of them are not in the medical field, and they don't understand how important it is to have this time to be able to figure this out. And for a vaccine, um, let alone for that time frame to go um, into into a process um, and then getting the resources out. So then a lot of my friends are just like always angry and I'm having to like, you know, um, help them understand why this is necessary for everyone. Um, so it's uh, it's kind of um, it's kind of like a fight with myself on not to be angry like too easily at um at my friends or my family who might not understand this whole process very well because they get angry and i'm like oh my god don't get me riled up about why you should stay home just because you don't get a haircut um (laughs) like a lot of them yeah a lot of them are very like meticulous about their haircuts and like they used to go to like 
you know, their hair, their dress, I mean, hairdressers and barbers and stuff. I had my recent haircut cut by my colleague at work. Like, I went to her house one day and she was just like, dude, let's just cut your hair. Like, you don't have to wait for, like, your hairdresser. <laughs> so I just got it done and then I got my bangs done for the first time. So... I've just been creative with it. I didn't have to spend money. And so my family doesn't want to hear that, though. They're like, I feel I feel like shit not being able to go to my barber, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, look, there are other things we can worry about. And this is why you should stay home. <laughs> Let's buy you a razor, yeah? Yeah. So, <laughs> Let's have some I mean, fun. Let's get creative. Let's like do a design. It'll grow out by the end of quarantine anyway. I don't know about you guys, but a lot of my hair is growing out. Like it's just kind of what happens in quarantine. Like yeah, I'm not caring about body hair as much. Mm -hmm. My eyebrows. Mm -hmm. I just you know like I don't. So I don't have like I'm gonna put in quotes lady appointments like. Uh, I my nails done. I don't get Botox. Never have. Never will. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I get my hair cut maybe twice a year. So, like, this for me is not as painful. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm even low yeah, maintenance exactly. than you, Kate. So. Would you say you're, I, and I think I'm pretty low maintenance. That's pretty low maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I like, just never like, go get haircuts. So, I'm just like, mm, I don't care. Definitely don't get my yeah. nails done unless it's, like, randomly for just i don't know for kicks but i mean yeah i don't yeah, like yeah. feel bad that people can't do those things because i'm like you can do those yeah. things at home technically right. the things i right. feel bad and like i understand people being like angry or like really sad over things like graduations like one of my good friends was <gasps> oh graduating college and like she worked her ass off and like yeah and i can see how that is just like incredibly like hard to not mm -hmm. be able to get that and then you can't even have a party you know with like your friends and yeah or like to celebrate you yeah. know you celebrate through a screen yeah i have a friend who um just got his research like um funded by the nih and like extended for a full year and like he's doing this phd program and everything and like he can't even see his mom so he was just so sad. He was like, I can't even like celebrate this with my mom because she's so far away and like she can't come by and like he can't have a ceremony either. So, um, yeah, it's it's been really sad. A lot of my friends are graduating from um, undergrad to and even grad school and they can't they can't really do anything about it. Like it has to be postponed to like next year or not or like just canceled UCSF um, graduate studies actually emailed all the students incoming students to try to come up with like a ceremony online for the current UCSF students who are graduating this semester just so like they can be celebrated in some way um I was trying to think of I was thinking of partaking but um yeah like just things like that like I just never imagined for all that to be the norm now so it's just it's yeah, or it's interesting to see, like, I keep seeing on, like, Instagram or TikTok different, like, ways people are having weddings that were, like, supposed to be uh -huh. getting married. Oh, I haven't seen yeah. those. Seen, what like, are those like? I saw one, like, where they were, like, on their neighborhood street, and her aisle was, like, down the sidewalk, and people oh were all just kind of, like, scattered way throughout far away. <gasps> and it was really what? funny. It was cute, though. And then I saw another one, yeah, that was, like, in the middle of a street. 
Um, and it was just like the bride and groom in the middle of the street. Um, and the person I have marrying not seen them. that. Yeah. I was supposed to go to two weddings this June. They're all canceled. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. I was supposed to be in a wedding this summer with one of my best, for one of my best friends. And yeah. Are they moving it to next year or just like? Um, I don't know. She was talking about doing something this summer and I was like, don't do it. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think for the most part, people are going to move things to next summer. I mean, if you want to have, yeah. I mean, especially, um, she's, you know, she's African and so is her fiance. So like they have a million family members, a million people they mm-hmm. want to invite. So it was supposed to be a, you know, a pretty fat wedding. So it's like, if you want to actually have the celebration you, like, really wanted and spent time planning, it's like you're You're going to have to wait. Just move it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who's Filipino, and her fiancé is Mexican. So imagine just all the people they're trying to fly into the country, and they can't even do that. So it's been postponed to the following year. I mean, to next year. Um, And then my one of my colleagues from work is actually was supposed to have hers in July, but she's doing a double, a two part wedding, like one with just like her close knit family and one for like this huge one. Mm -hmm. And all of it was like planned for a whole year. And like everything was supposed to be so extravagant and it's canceled. Yeah. Like she, she was racking up that, that PTO for that. And then she never took a sick day just so she could do it. And then, like they had, we had to tell her, like, dude, like, you, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, but she was trying to fight for it for a while, and I'm like, I can't believe you're really trying to fight us about this. You cannot have a wedding this year. Yeah, so, I think so many people were in denial for a while though, and it just took yeah. a minute for them to get to the place that I was like, okay, this really isn't realistic. Yeah, I, nobody's I, gonna be there. I will say, um, I do think there's some interesting weddings happening, like, like. Bridget's name, but also I've seen people who've been together for years get married in their backyards and yards. Yes, like they're just like, all right, let's do it. So I think there is something interesting happening as we lose the bigger piece because I, you know, I know especially for people with big families and there's cultural practices, it makes a lot of sense. But we do have a wedding industry that is um, really, you know, kind of hard to navigate without tens of thousands of dollars to do weddings. Right. Uh, you know, six figures. So, right? Six figures. Yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Numbers are hard mm-hmm. for me right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I think so. For me, that's, that's like, I'm a city hall kind of lady. So for me, like, this wouldn't be a hard thing. But I do think that there's something interesting about people being creative and doing on their street or like mm-hmm. saying, I've been with this partner for years and I just, I'm going to marry him in the backyard. Like, there's something. Right beautiful happening well yeah yeah I think people are just realizing in general what really matters and like what connections are really important to them Mm -hmm. at this point so I think like people are obviously bummed about their weddings but like they're realizing if they are really in love like that they're like that's all that really matters in the end right like you know, screw the venues, screw all that, you know, like, I mean, what they're celebrating is each other in the end. So, I mean, all everything else felt is just accessory. So I guess, I guess there is a lot of beauty in that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, and we'll have big parties again, like, you know, in five to 10 years, and then we can redo it. <laughs> all those memes about like, everyone getting out, <laughs> just like running. 
Oh, yeah. That is still, I mean, Kate, you just said five to ten years. I think I that's kidding, like it real. It was but that joke. might be real, though, oh my God, you know? <laughs> my, my heart rate will go up if I really... That. That, was just, that was just a joke, but I, I you know, I know... I know it's going to be a minute. Um, it is. So it is. We want to offer up you some time to ask us questions. We we think that you know you you've been gracious enough to answer <laughs> all of our. Yeah. So we we love to offer up all of our guests time to to ask us questions if you're game. Oh, thank you. Well, I was just curious about how other interviews have gone. Like how everyone else has been telling their stories, you know, because then I see that uh, um, a lot of the people you've interviewed are medical or essential workers as well who haven't maybe had time to participate. So have you had any interviews or maybe on deck um, as being part of the, the shelter in place orders? Like maybe yeah, I mean, people who are working from home. Yeah, we definitely have a mix of both. Um, our last interview was actually someone who is quarantined in New York City. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely, they're very different stories, obviously, of what they're doing. And this, like, you know, obviously people staying at home just have, you know, so much time. And it is just a lot of people picking up hobbies or yeah. finding new ways to do the hobbies they already were doing on the outside. So that's been, it's yeah. been interesting just to kind of, like, hear what... Because, like, at a point, it sounds like everyone gets bored, obviously. You can't just stream Netflix and all those things all day long, <laughs> every yeah. day. To a point, there you do hit a wall where you're like, hey, I actually, like... <laughs> I think I'm, like, need something else to do. So it is interesting <laughs> to see what people pick up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we were trying to talk to mix of people and locations... Um, with different kind of in different industries, but also just like different age groups, um, you know, different cultural identities, different identities. We're just we're trying to walk that line um, of of getting all the different voices um, that we can. Mm-hmm. And also just, you know, also scheduling still is, is tough because you still have to like right. figure out where to fit in in people's lives and the technology and all those all those other things. Um how did you two come up with the idea of, um, on the inside? Because I thought it was really beautiful. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Um, like, what was the moment you were like, I, we need to do this together? You can start because you technically came up with the idea. Okay, I'll start and then I'll pass off. We'll do it. Okay. We'll do a hands off as if we were doing a relay <laughs> and we could be near each other, which we can't. Um, so... I've been committed to storytelling for a long time, both like in my work, working with students, um, and then being a writer. And this year, once upon a time on Ocean Beach, one of the things I, I dedicated this year to was storytelling. And I wanted to work with someone on um, a podcast or a radio show. And as soon as we were on the inside, in the first few days, I think, or the first week, I decided I wanted to start interviewing people while we were inside, just because I thought it made sense. Like, everyone's at home, it's easier to talk to them, and I thought it'd be cool to capture this moment <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in some way. And I kept on talking to Bridget about it, so I was bouncing ideas off her. So she was kind of already my partner before we were official partners. Mm-hmm. Um and so I bounced some ideas off of Bridget. And you want to take it from there? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, we would just talk about it a lot, and then I was just, for fun, um, I'm a writer too, so we both love the storytelling, but I just started coming up with just, like, names of things she could call it, and I came up with On the Inside, um, and one day, I don't, I think we were just FaceTiming, and she was like, you would have a great voice for podcasts, and I was like, okay, fine, yes. I'll do it. <laughs> and I was, yes. I was like, I never really you liked both have great voices. Thank <laughs> you, you too. I never really thought of personally doing a podcast. I listen to a few sometimes, but I've never been like, yeah, I really want to do a podcast. But at a point, I was like, even as an introvert, I was like, I kind of would like to talk to people outside of like a small group and like mm-hmm. just hear about others' experiences and be able to connect with other people. Yeah. So, I mean, and here's that intimate setting, you yeah. know, and kind of a but separate way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think there was a part of me that who knows, like I knew it would take on some form at some point, but because we have this time now, mm-hmm. it seemed even more interesting to talk to folks. Um and, and scheduling really isn't as bad as it used to be. Like, it used to be way worse to get three people on any type of conversation or, like, place. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been exciting, and, and I think it's it's fun. It's, yeah, it's been an adventure so far. We're just yeah. so excited that people are willing to talk to us and willing to listen. Um, yeah. I think it inspires me to also, like, you know, check in with my folks and just really understand where they're at like hey what's going on with you because I get people text me and I don't really reply as um as often and as early as I could as I'd like to um and I think like you know having a platform like this like having the time and scheduling it I think even just scheduling it is really important you know and like you invest that time and make sure that you sit down to have a real conversation about what's really going on um and a lot of my friends like tend to just you know want to text about what's going on and I'm more of a let's talk on the phone um and schedule that kind of thing and I think I'm gonna suggest doing that with my family like hey can we get on a call all together (laughs) you know because then we haven't seen each other and because a lot of them have um issues with technology like I can you know we can figure out a way to do it and just how you two figured out a way to do this for everyone else across the country you know (laughs) so and um even beyond and I just am so thankful that you're able to do this so Diana we're thankful you gave up your time especially when you've been really busy during this time (laughs) Yeah. So, so thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah. I, mean, I think I needed it. I needed this sit down. I haven't had this with anyone really. Um, you made me think about things I haven't thought of in a while, and it's just been in the back of my mind. So, um, like in terms of my family and how surreal that is, you know, and how our relationships are and our connections have changed throughout this time, and um, in what the future holds. So, a lot to come. But you know, a lot on hold as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, it was really good talking to you and meeting you through the phone. <laughs> Maybe Me too. one day when the world's spinning and I come to San Francisco, we'll meet in person. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. When you're allowed to come here, we'll, uh, we'll make sure that we all will uh, come together at a park or a beach. Um, 
when we're allowed to. Oh my God. Yes. I miss the beach so much. I see people going and I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So I just watch from my car and I'm like, wow, this is the most outside I've been. Because even when I'm outside, I'm in the hospital. So, (laughs) so yeah, Um, I can't wait for the day. Right now, it's a dream. I have nightmares sometimes. I'm like, oh, my God, everyone was at the same place. But I was so nervous about it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll make it a dream when we can do it. Thank you, Diana. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you, Bridget. And thank you, Kate, for having me. This was was really nice. I appreciate you, too. Yeah, we appreciate you. All right, everybody, it's been another great episode of On the Inside, so stay home and stay safe.